This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. Happy holidays, everyone. We begin Scoop Podcast episode 115 with the greatest Minnesota boxer of his generation. He pulled off one of the great upsets in recent memory over the weekend in London. He is Caleb Truax. He won the IBF Super Middleweight Championship. He was from anywhere an 11 to 1 underdog to a 100 to 1 underdog. He beat a guy that won gold at the Beijing Olympics in 08, a guy that has fought a number of top-ranked opponents, although Caleb in his own way is one of the best middleweights of his time, certainly top 15, top 20, but he did in his last fight suffer a first-round knockout. So, you know, he goes to London. He is in this fight. He is looked at as just, hey, a pushover, right, that this guy was going to beat Caleb then move on to bigger and better. But Caleb thought otherwise. He pulled off the upset, and Caleb Truax is nice enough to join us now. Tape a separate open, Caleb, so we'll just get right into it, Caleb. So coming down in three, two, and one. Caleb, how nice does it sound when I say Caleb Truax, world champion? Has it set in yet? <laughs> uh, it hasn't set in yet. It hasn't set in, but it's, uh, it's a thing that I'm uh, definitely going to get used to. I mean, you've been working for this goal for so long. I mean, have you had time in the last, you know, 48 hours just to sit back and reflect upon, you know, the journey to get to this point? Yeah, we, we uh, well, I'm here with, uh, I was here with my whole team. Now it's just me and my trainer, Tom Halstead, but my promoter, Tony Gelko, my manager, Ron Like, and my cut man, Jim Marine, have been there since day one. And, and we had uh, some good time to uh, reflect after the fight and, and just, uh, uh, talk about all the stuff we've been through for the last 14 years and and uh, what we've been through to, to get to this point. And, and uh, it was awesome to share that moment with uh, all my guys. What was it like being in the belly of the beast? I mean, you're fighting in in his backyard. What is the pronunciation on his last name? Is it DeGale? Am I saying that right? James DeGale. DeGale okay, so, yeah. I mean, you're fighting in his backyard. You've got English judges, right? So there might be a bias with the judges. I mean, what was that like being on his ground, on his terms, yet finding a way to win? Uh, it was. Uh, I, I don't want to say I was intimidated by it, but it's it's different because I'm used to uh, I'm used to being uh, at home in Minnesota for most of my fights, and uh, obviously I'm the guy that uh, uh, brings other people into the uh, the lines than uh, at home in Minnesota. But uh, um, I don't I don't let that bother me too much. I mean. Uh, I've been in that stage or in that uh, uh, arena before with my other big fights, and, and uh, I knew it was going to be a raucous crowd and British British boxing. It turns out Caleb's phone cut out. No surprise, getting a good signal. He's still in London. He flies back late Wednesday. Is not easily accomplished. But hey, we got a couple questions in. I will plan on for Channel Five sake connecting with him later in the week. Hopefully on Thursday. He hasn't seen his girlfriend in like two weeks, so I know he wants to reconnect with her for a while. But my hope is I can steal five minutes and get him on camera at some point, even if we have to go to his house sometime on Thursday. I just think he deserves a ton of love. I want to make sure that I do my part. Caleb Chuax, a world boxing champion, boxing out of a gym in the Northwest Metro. I was there a couple years ago, I can tell you. Caleb earned everything he has accomplished. Watching him spar for one afternoon, just the work he puts in outside the ring, in the ring, 
It is physically grueling. He is in phenomenal shape. He works his ass off. Having watched it up close one afternoon for a TV piece for Channel 5 a couple of years ago, Caleb Truax, a boxing world champion, I will do my best. I will do my part to make sure that he gets a ton of attention upon his arrival back in Minnesota later in the week. Here's what I'm thinking. I think I'll make episode 115 interviews only. Then I will do a notes-only podcast later in the week. So much going on down in Orlando with the Twins and the winter meetings. I have a bunch of notes on that. Trying to do a bunch on Twitter as well. D. Wolfs on KSTP, for example. The Twins hadn't talked to Pat Neshek's side since Thanksgiving, so no surprise that Neshek is Philadelphia-bound. The Twins passed, pretty much passed, on interest in him outside of a conversation a number of weeks ago. But anyway, I have a bunch of tidbits on the Twins, the Wolves, and more. So I think I'll do an episode 116 Later in the week, so we will go interviews only here, episode 115. We'll get to Josh Ani of Highland Park. He can review the recruiting weekend, the biggest recruiting weekend in Gophers football history. 34 official visitors on campus over the weekend, so we'll have Josh Ani recap that visit. He was one of the 34 visitors, Highland Park safety, linebacker, played even some quarterback, do-it-all athlete, incredible athlete. First St. Paul City Conference player to commit to the Gophers since who? Thomas Tepay. I'm excluding Creighton Durham Hall. I'm talking public schools in St. Paul. Since Thomas Tepay, St. Paul Johnson, going back many, many years. So Josh Ani of Highland Park will join the podcast in just a moment. Then we will finish this podcast with Mark Coyle, Gophers athletic director. Sat down with him for a while late last week. So we'll play that conversation coming up after Ani. But let's get to Josh Ani right now. Briefly, before we get to Josh, some love for the sponsor of the Scoop Podcast, Running Tap, running-tap.com online. They deliver beer right to you. No upcharge for delivery on Sundays. It is good local beer. You think about all the great, rock-solid local beer being produced on a daily basis. They will deliver a good amount of that beer. A good amount of choices are available on running-tap.com. They will deliver a good amount of that beer right to your house or, heck, wherever you want it to be delivered. They deliver it quick, too. I've gotten a bunch of feedback via Twitter, via email, so many positive words about Running Tap. Running-tap.com online. If you use the promo code THESCOOP002, THESCOOP002, you get $20 off your order of $30 or more. That's a pretty darn good deal. You think about all the great local beer. There are so many breweries in town, right? I mean, there's one popping up just about every other block, it seems, in the city of Minneapolis. It seems like over the last few years, it's just, it's one of those fads, right? I don't even think it's going anywhere. It's just, it's the popularity of the local beer being produced. Well, you can have that beer delivered right to you. If you can't make it to one of the tap houses, they will deliver that great beer right to you. Check out all the selections on running-tap.com. Don't forget about the sponsor of the Scoop Podcast. It is Running Tap. Josh, always good catching up. All right, where to begin? I mean, take us through, I guess, the itinerary. You know, you get to campus when? Friday, Friday night, Friday afternoon. Take it from there. I mean, was it you, your family? How much fun was the weekend? Well, um, I actually arrived Saturday night because I played in the Minnesota Minnesota Showcase. Mm. Um, But... It was uh, me and my family um, with my, well, me and my mom and dad. And uh, we showed up Saturday night at about 7 after the game. And uh, right away, we got taken to uh, TCF Bank Stadium, which was really cool. Uh, We got to go to dinner there, 
uh, kind of hang out with the team. I met with my um, my host for the uh, weekend, Blake Cashman, who's an incredible guy. Um, but we ate dinner there, and then uh, the parents left for a social at um, Coach Flex House, and then uh, us recruits and commits uh, went upstairs uh, to the uh, highest level of TCF Bank, mm-hmm. and uh, we had a, a hypnotism show, which was <laughs> that was a great time. Um, I got hypnotized. I uh, and it was a very fun time with the the rest of the team. Uh, after that, we just got to go out with uh, our host for the evening, and that was a really good time. Uh, he kind of showed us around campus, showed us around the dorms, um, which we'll be staying in next year. After that, we uh, went back to the hotel, uh, got a good night's sleep, and we're up at, uh, I think it was 8.30 the next morning, and we were on a bus to uh, U.S. Bank Stadium where we had uh, breakfast and uh, the the suite level, which was incredible. Uh, we got to go out on the field, um, you know, talk to coaches, talk to the other recruits. The food was incredible. Um, and then after that, we uh, we went back um, to the hotel for a little while. Um, some of the the southern boys uh, that uh, came up uh, for the visit. Uh, started to head home at that point because, you know, we were a little late, so we got to stay a little longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, said bye to them. You know, it was great seeing them, great getting to know them. Um, you know, great getting to meet the new commits as well. So that was an incredible time. Um, after that, we, uh, we we hung out at the hotel for a little while and then loaded up on a bus to uh, Joe Sensors. We got to watch the Vikings game. Um, again, incredible food, uh, incredible time with the, the commits and uh, other recruits. Um, after that, again, we went to, I think it was, uh, I think we went to TCF Bank Stadium after that, and uh, we went on the academic presentation, um, you know, talked about academics. Um, and after that, we went to the uh, football complex, and we got a tour of the, the new building that's being built there. Mm-hmm. Um, which was outstanding. I yeah, mean, it's, it's nice. You know, it's not completely done yet, but oh my gosh, that is <laughs> that is incredible. I'm really excited to be a be a player and be a part of that. Um, after that, you got to go back to the hotel for a little while, uh, kind of rest up since it's been a long day at that point. Um, you know, we were on our feet for a while. Um, so at about like 6:30 on Sunday. We uh, loaded up a couple buses and we headed for uh, Manny Steakhouse, mm. and uh, we got to eat uh, dinner with Coach Flack and his wife Heather, wife, wife Heather, and uh, you know a couple of the host players and other coaches as well. Um, and it was incredible food, incredible people, and an incredible time. Um, after that, we uh, went back to the hotel, uh, packed up, and went home. So it was, I mean, it was an outstanding weekend. It, it truly was uh, incredible. I mean, no stone unturned. I mean, how impressed were you by by Fleck and by his recruiting staff? I mean, it seems like they had every base covered. I mean, it felt like they had every base covered. Um, the whole weekend we were, you know, getting wined and dined. And, um, you know, we saw everything that they had to offer. And, you know, it just it makes the place feel like home. It really does. You know, leaving the campus after the visit, it was like, I don't want to leave. I want to stay here. I want to be
be a part of this and I want to get into it as quick as I can because it, it's just home and, you know, family's there. So, I mean, stupid me, Josh, for, for not remembering that you played in the game at U.S. Bank Stadium, the All-Star game on Saturday. I mean, heck, you consider playing on the field where the Super Bowl will be in just a couple months. Then you think about the visit that you went on. I mean, this had to be one of the better weekends you've ever had. Oh, my gosh. I, that's what I've been telling people. I've uh, had one of the best weekends of my life. Uh, playing in that All-Star game, it was, you know, one of the most fun experiences I've had, playing with some of the best players in Minnesota, getting to know them, you know, creating uh, lifelong friendships with some of the guys there. And then directly after that, going to, uh, you know, the place where I'm going to be playing football for the next four or five years and enjoying every minute of it. It's just been it, it's been an incredible weekend. All right, tell us a little bit more about being hypnotized. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you, you kind of have to go all in for it. You know, he asked us mm-hmm. if uh, anybody wanted to volunteer, and, uh, you know, everybody kind of ran up there quick. And <laughs> I think I was the first guy out, honestly. Uh, you know, you don't really know what you're doing. You kind of are conscious, but, you know, you can't really control your body. And, you know, he gives you suggestions or whatever, and you start to... <laughs> kind of acted out or whatever but uh you know afterwards uh I, I got a couple of videos shown of me of you know me pretending to be a jackhammer uh <laughs> operator and dancing and i'm like oh my gosh did i really do that but it was it was a lot of fun you know and it, it kind of helped uh us bond with not only the other commits but the rest of the team so that was it was a really good time was it strategic to have blake cashman be your host you know considering another local guy Will you also be a linebacker for sure when you join the team? Um, I think it was definitely planned out that way um, for him being my host this weekend. You know, a defensive player, uh, very hardworking guy, very very smart and a very um, nice guy. Um, I was told by the coaching staff I'll be coming in at safety. So okay. I'll be part of the defensive backs group uh, coached by Coach Mo. So, um, yeah, but at the same time, I – you know, it, it was an incredible time. He was an incredible host. Um, you know, answered every one of me and my family's questions really well. Um, you know, tour was great after we uh, got done with all the stuff Saturday night. And, you know, again, really great guy. Who were some of the guys that you really bonded with? I mean, it's hard to bond with the 33 others. I mean, there were so many guys on visits, right? I mean, 34 guys total, whatever it was, something like 34. I mean, who were who were a select few that you really connected with? Well, coming off the All-Star game, you know, I'd already had a lot of time to bond with, uh, you know, guys like Trevor Opdahl, uh, Michael Roan, uh, Brevin Spanford, and uh, a bunch of the other commits that um, were were playing in the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was pretty bonded with them at the time. But, you know, I got to know guys like Braylon Oliver. He's an incredible guy. You know, Mayan, uh, Thomas Rush, uh Man, I could, I mean, Alex, Regelsberger, uh, just honestly, I got to know all of the guys fairly well, you know, and obviously I'll be getting to know them better as we, you know, play football together in the next couple of years uh, at the University of Minnesota. Um, but, you know, you know, you say that there's like 34 guys there and it's hard to, you know, kind of bond with all of them. But at the same time, you know, I, I feel like they're all my brothers already. So, um, you know, I, I didn't, might have not talked to as many as, uh, you know, as, as a, uh, well, 
I might not have talked to um, some guys as much as I talked to others, but um, in the same way, I still, you know, feel like they're family to me. So, Josh, everything you experienced over the weekend just further validate your decision to be a gopher? Oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, committing back in uh, June, you know, it was a dream come true. But, you know, as we get closer to signing day and going on the official, it, it truly, you know, there, there's no place I'd rather be. And, you know, you, you kind of understand when you, when you see it for yourself and me seeing it for myself, um, there's something special going on there. Um, there's special, something special with the coaching staff, the university, the, uh, the class coming in, the players there. Um, it's, it's truly something special. And uh, just for me to have the opportunity to be a part of it uh, is, a, is an absolute blessing to me. You know, I, I'm so fortunate to um, be in this position and um, there's really no place I'd rather be and I think I mean we're we're gonna do big things very soon when will you get to campus will you get to campus in the summer or are you coming in in the winter um I tried to uh, graduate early this year uh, didn't quite work out with the policies at my in my school in the school district so um, I'll be coming in the 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 summer next year yeah but i mean heck whether you're there in january or june i mean it shouldn't matter that much should it i mean i i'd honestly rather be there as soon as i as soon as i possibly could you know and that was my plan initially but uh at the same time you know coming in in uh, june this year or next year will uh will be just fine with me as long as i as long as i get there as soon as i possibly can We'll leave you after this. Let's look forward to next week, Wednesday the 20th, at Highland Park High School, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Have you thought about what that moment will be like when you officially sign those papers? You know, what it'll mean to you, your family, Highland Park High School, heck, St. Paul as a whole, the St. Paul City Conference as a whole. I mean, it's rare. I mean, we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. but let's talk about it again. I mean, how rare it is for a St. Paul City athlete, public school city athlete, to accomplish what you've accomplished. Well, like I said, I'm just incredibly fortunate and incredibly blessed to be given the gifts I uh, I've I have to um, be in the position I am in. Um, you know, and it I can tell it means a lot. Um, you know, people are really excited about it. You know, my family is I don't know. They're so so happy for me and they're so proud of me. And you know, I'm 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 kind of from a line of you know, people who love gophers, you know, my grandpa went to the University of Minnesota, my dad went to the University of Minnesota, you know, a bunch of relatives went to the University of Minnesota, so when, you know, I made this decision to go there, you know, they all, they all loved it, and uh, I'm just, I'm very fortunate to be able to kind of continue my, uh, my, my family's love for the gophers by going to the University of Minnesota to play football there. And along with, you know, the St. Paul City Conference, you know, I just want to represent the the St. Paul City very well and um, kind of show any kid that, you know, might think that they can't get to the next level um, in the St. Paul City Conference that that's not true. I mean, as long as you're, you play your hardest, you do what you can, it is absolutely possible to go Division One in the St. Paul City Conference. And... Um, you know, you don't need to go to a suburb school. You don't need to go to a private school. You just 
work hard and do the right things and you can make it for yourself. And I think that's very important. I think it means a lot to the to the Highland Park community and the St. Paul City community. Absolutely. Josh, very well said. We wish you nothing but the best. We will see you next week on the 20th for, for that incredible Absolutely. ceremony. See you, see you there. Thank you so much. Okay, thanks, Josh. Take it easy. You too. Josh Ani of Highland Park High School, a great young man. He will be among, it looks like, 25 or 26 players that will sign with the Gophers as soon as December 20th. I guess there's a chance that one or two wait until February. But with the new rules, the earlier signing day, just about the entire Gophers class, if not the entire Gophers class, will sign. On December 20th, the Gophers got a commitment from a great offensive lineman, two great offensive linemen, actually three rock-solid offensive linemen over the weekend. So they are rebuilding that offensive line. As of now, I talked to Mark Coyle about this. Mark will come up here in just a moment. I talked to Mark about this. The Gophers have the number six recruiting class in the Big Ten. If you look at or trust, you know, the rankings, you know, I do think there's some politics with rankings. To me, look at, you know, the offers a kid has. And the Gophers have a number of players with Power 5 offers in addition to the Gophers. So it is a really good recruiting class. But the rankings say they are sixth in the Big Ten, first in the Big Ten West. So they have, according to the rankings, a better recruiting class than Wisconsin, Iowa, Nebraska, and so on. P.J. Fleck absolutely can recruit. Here's what you may have missed on a recent Purple podcast. And then, you know, you get to the end of the game, and we have the same sort of thing. For some reason, and I have no idea why, maybe this is how they blew a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl, the Atlanta Falcons decide to kick a field goal, which is one of the worst coaching decisions I have ever seen in my life. With five minutes left, they... I don't know if they ran out of timeouts. They must have run out of timeouts on the last drive, but they were getting grinded out on the other side. So they've got five minutes left, third and short, and they decide to kick a field goal that would still put them down in the game. Just a baffling decision. But you know what the Vikings did? They gave them no chance to to redeem themselves after that horrible decision. You can find the Purple Podcast on iTunes, Podcast One, or 1500ESPN.com's podcast page. All right, let's get to Mark Coyle right now. I talked to Mark Coyle late last week, so you'll hear me ask about the upcoming recruiting weekend. That's because I sat down with him late last week, entering the recruiting weekend, but it's still appropriate for for this podcast. You'll get the gist of it. So here is my conversation with Mark Coyle. A lot on football, some on basketball, some on men's hockey, some on his 18 months in the job so far. Mark, let's just start with a snippet in your day. So we're capturing you here for 20-ish minutes. You came from, like, what, a, a brainstorming meeting, and then you've got to be somewhere at 1030. I mean, what's the grind like for you on a daily basis? Uh, there's a lot of, lot of activity. You know, it, it, uh, what we try to do, um, you know, each day is try to maximize the time you have and, and try to be very efficient and effective and be productive. Uh, you know, I, I talk all the time, Darren. You know, we have almost 300 full-time staff. Um, and, and obviously the, the fans know about our 25 sports, our 750 student-athletes, but we got a big group of people who are working incredibly hard behind the scenes to make sure we provide a great experience for our student-athletes, provide the support to our coaches, and provide a great experience for our fans who come to the game. So there, there's a lot of activity, and you just try to be efficient and productive and, and get things done and execute. I suppose it's easier to be efficient, productive. The grind really isn't a grind. And there's so much good going on right now. I mean, you think about volleyball. You think about men's basketball, the Athletes' Village. 
you know, football. You know, I just told you I was talking to somebody with the football staff. I mean, they're pumped up for this unbelievable weekend, this recruiting weekend. There's a lot of good going on right now. Yeah, you know, I, I think the common denominator is the people. You know, I, I think in, in my 18 months of being here, I've learned that we have really, really good people here. You know, we, we have people who care. And, and you know, I, I hope and I talk all the time. You know, I hope our fans, I hope our donors know first how thankful we are for their support. You know, if they make a gift to the Golden Gopher Fund, if they buy a ticket to come to our games, because that helps us provide this opportunity for our students, you know, and, and you talk about Athletes Village, which will be done, you know, in a month. That, that's going to be a huge, huge impact on our program, and we're so thankful for people believing in us, uh, investing in that program from that standpoint. But again, we have really, really good people here. If you look at our coaches across the board, they get along well, they interact with each other. We have staff who want to make sure we support those coaches. So again, we're, we're just really fortunate and blessed with the people we have in our program. On those donors, on the Athletes Village, is it easier to now raise funds when, when these people can they see the vision, they see that it's just about done. You're taking people through that on a, on a regular basis on tours, that their donation could put it over the top. Is it easier to raise money right now? Uh, I don't know if it's easier, but but we do have a good story to tell, you know, and, and we do have a vision of where we want to be and who we want to be. You know, we take great pride in being the highest rated public school in the country with respect to student-athlete academic success. You know, that matters here in Minnesota. It matters that our student-athletes are doing it the right way academically. You know, and so when we go out, you know, as you know, we've raised about $105 million towards a goal of $166 million. You know, so we still have a long way to go, uh, and, and our goal is to continue to communicate with people, to tell people what our vision is, what our message is, and, and we talk all the time. You know, we, we're asking people to invest in our program. Well, we better be ready to invest back in those people who invest in us, and that's why we talk about we've got to earn people back. We need to earn people uh, back to be a part of our program and support us from that way. So 105 is the number, though? Like, you know, I'll talk to Lou Nanny. Yeah. <laughs> Louie sometimes can be a little bit more aggressive, when it comes to that number, you know, he'll say it's a little bit higher than that. Well, the difference is, so we have our Nothing Short of Greatness campaign, which that includes Athletes Village. It includes our new outdoor track and field, which will be completed next September. So if you include those dollars, we're about okay. $120 million. So that's the number. So it gets convenient. So specifically for Athletes Village, we're at $105 million. But when you put in the total campaign for the outdoor track, a golf house, we did some renovations to, to Three Marina at Mariucci. Mm-hmm. That gets us to that $120 million mark that Lou talks about. Inevitably, something keeps you up at night or, or something worries you. What is that? What are some of those things? You're going on your morning run. There's got to be things on your mind. What are some of those things? Uh, stability. You know, I, I think, you know, we talk all the time. You know, I'm the fourth athletic director since 2012. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of people that come through this department. We've had three football coaches in three years, right? We've had a lot of transition, a lot of turnover. I think we've had, do yeah, I think we've had nine senior administrators leave the department since 2012. Yeah. So if you think about all the transition that's occurred here, you know, again, I'm the fourth athletic director to stand up in front of our fan base, to stand up in front of donors, to stand up in front of staff, to stand up in front of coaches and say, hey, believe in me, this is what we're trying to do. So what I worry about is trying to create stability and create that long-term vision and consistency for our department so people know that we do want to be here a long time. We want to do things the right way academically, athletically, and socially. So I think what keeps me up at night, what what makes me worry is, can we make sure we, we remain that, that being very consistent, intentional, and create that stability? But you're confident in that stability, right? I mean, you've now been here, what is it, 18, 19 months? Yeah, 18 months. But there's months. a sense, okay, hey, we're not going to be talking about another new athletic director in a year or two, for example. Uh, I told you, if you remember when I got hired, uh, was very emotional. I'm not a very yeah. emotional person. 
but but this place means an awful lot to me and my family. And and you know we feel so humbled uh, to have the opportunity to be here at Minnesota. Uh, when when we came here, there's no reason in my mind why this place can't continue to do special things. As you know, we have a very broad-based program. We have tremendous success across the board on so many of our sports, and I feel uh, that we have a great opportunity with continuing the great broad-based success we have, but to continue success with our football, men's basketball, men's hockey, some of those revenue-generating supports, how we can help those achieve uh, the success of our other programs. So, again, we, we, we uh, absolutely love it here. We enjoy it, and, and we're just thankful every day that we have the opportunity to be here at Minnesota. Let's talk about some of those teams' football. Was five and seven about what you expected in year one? I mean, you think about it. Think about the roster turnover. I don't think people realize, you know, Demarius Travis and Jalen Myrick. We can go up and down the list. A lot of people were like, oh, Clay's won nine games in 2016. How did they go from nine to five? My point is the roster was significantly different. Then you think about all the injuries in season, Winfield Jr. and, you know, Douglas. So many guys went down. Nick Connolly retires after the Purdue game, another concussion. They lost so many guys. I don't think people grasp that the 2017 roster was significantly different from the 2016 one. The roster was much, much different. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, when you talk about injuries, those are things that every team faces. And, and any time you have a transition, you know, Doug, as you know, there's going to be uh, different things that are thrown at your program. And, and when I talk about that stability and that consistency, you know, when I look at P.J. in our first year, I promise you nobody wants more wins than P.J. and the students on that team. You know, we love going to bowl games. We love doing those special things. Uh, but what I've been very impressed with and pleased is, you know, if you look at what we've done off the field, you know, you know, we had, you know, the Justin Juneman scholarship offer, right? That, mm-hmm. that is seen by over that was cool. That is yeah. seen by over yeah. a billion people worldwide. You know, I, I think I saw the. They said in advertising dollars that was four million dollars of free advertising for the University of Minnesota in our football program. If you look at the turkey drive that our student athletes organized, you look at the diaper drive that our student athletes organized. Awesome. You look at our great. You know, we had the highest grade point average ever for our football program, PJ's first semester here. We followed that up with our highest summer GPA ever for our football program. We just heard the announcement of the, the student-athletes who are recognized as academic All-Big Ten for three-pointer or higher. I think we had 32 student-athletes achieve those things. So, you know, our culture is changing. We're doing a lot of positive things. The wins will come. I firmly believe the wins will come. You know, but again, we're in a very competitive conference. The other people aren't slowing down because we've hired a new football coach. Uh, but again, I'm very happy with where we're at with football. Obviously, we want more wins, but again, those wins will happen. You sense when, though? I mean, are we talking? He needs a couple recruiting classes in here. Are we talking? Maybe the 2019-2020 might be a bit more realistic than 2018? Well, how I kind of look at it, Doogie, is this way. You know, since 2000, the University of Minnesota has averaged 2.8 Big Ten wins a year. So think about that. Yeah. Since 2000. Don't remind me. Since 2000, yeah. overall, our football programs averaged 5.8 wins a season, right? Yeah. And so when you ask me when's that, when's that going to flip, you know, and we get more wins and so forth, I think that's part of the process. Obviously, you know, P.J., you know, he had a chance to bring in 25 kids last year in this first recruiting class. We have a huge, huge weekend this weekend. We have 30 young men coming on campus to do a big recruiting weekend this weekend for our signing day on December 20th. We have a recruiting class that's ranked first in the Big Ten West Division. It's ranked sixth in the Big Ten. It's in the top 35 nationally. So this would be our highest-rated recruiting class. You've got to get the students who can compete at a high level here to help bring those wins, you know, from that standpoint. So again, you know, I can't tell you when the wins will happen, but what I can tell you is we're getting better each day, you know, and PJ and I talk daily and we always talk about we're a day closer. 
because we all have the same goal to represent this place the right way and do special, special things on the field. You're right about this weekend. I mean, 34 guys. I mean, that's it's the biggest recruiting weekend in Gophers football history. What's what's your involvement? Are you involved? I mean, will you sit down with with some of the student athletes and say, hey, you know, if you sign with Minnesota, a lot of these guys are verbally committed, but when or if you sign with Minnesota, here's what you can expect. Are you are you heavily involved in this weekend? Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be involved this weekend. You know, it's, it's to be honest with you, Doogie, it's one of the things I love about my job. Uh, if I'm in town, I try to meet with all of our recruits that come on campus. I, I think it's very important that the, the families have a chance to see me, that the student athletes have a chance to see me and what my expectations are for them as a student athlete here at the University of Minnesota. But I will have a chance to visit with this group uh, and spend time with them, you know, PJ is so excited about this opportunity to have them here. And, and we're trying to celebrate everything that Minnesota is. Again, if, if, if you think of what we have to offer here, we, we're a world-class institution academically. We compete in the best conference in America, in the Big Ten Conference. We're in the middle of the Twin Cities, you know, the 18 Fortune 500 companies, the opportunities. And, oh, by the way, we have Athletes Village, a brand-new facility that you'll have an opportunity to be a part of. We have our Gopher Life Skills Program that's ranked very highly. We have a new leadership center thanks to Land of Lakes and, and what we can do long-term for our student-athletes. So, you know, we talk all the time. You've heard me talk about this, Doogie. You know, we want kids to come here for four years and compete for us and get a great degree from a great academic institution but we want them to stay for 40 years. Mm-hmm. That's how you change the culture of this place, and that's what we talk about, the long-term culture, what we're trying to do. On the Fleck extension, I'll run a theory by you quickly. You can tell me if I'm on to something or on something. My, my wife would probably tell you it's the latter, that I'm on something. But if there was even a 1% chance that he'd go to Tennessee or some other school, and you give him the extension, and that erases that. I mean, heck, I didn't think Willie Taggart would leave Oregon after one year. He did. It happens. Am I on to anything in that regard, that he's still a wanted man? You think about what he did at Western Michigan, that if you gave him that one-year extension and that erases any chance whatsoever that him, his agent, would entertain any phone call from another school, then, hey, it's a great extension. Well, well, if you look at where we were a year ago, you know, P.J. Fleck was the hottest name in college football. Mm-hmm. If you look at what he did, 13-0 at Western Michigan. No denying that. Going to Cotton Bowl, mm-hmm. he was the hottest name Absolutely. in college football. He is now at a Big Ten institution where he has a national stage, and people have seen what he's done with our program academically, socially, and athletically. You know, PJ is highly respected. And when we did that contract extension, uh, you know, I wanted to make sure that PJ knows that I'm committed to him, that the University of Minnesota is committed to him. I wanted our recruits to know that we're committed to this guy, and if you come to Minnesota, he's going to be your head football coach. And obviously, you know, when, when I had that conversation with P.J., he was so thankful and grateful that we came to him with an extension, and you know, we, we'll, our board will have the opportunity to approve that next week. You know, it's pending mm-hmm. Board of Regents approval, which we understand. But again, we wanted to show a commitment. And, I, and also, Doogie, I want to show a commitment to our fans. You know, that, that, again, you know, we are trying to do something different here at Minnesota. You know, I talked about the average win since 2000. We want to do something different here, and, and I want people to know that we're trying to create that long-term stability and that long-term commitment to a football coach, and that's why we did that extension. What's your reaction when you see John Curry lose his job at Tennessee? You know, Gus Malzahn, maybe he had genuine interest in Arkansas, but who knows, maybe he used Arkansas to get a raise at Auburn. That you, less than a year ago, you targeted a guy? You got that guy. The coaching search wasn't a cluster, you know what. And you look at Tennessee and some of these other institutions, 
there's some issues. What's your reaction when you see some of that stuff? Well, well, obviously I'm not part of those situations, so I don't understand all you know what occurred at Tennessee and some of those other institutions. But but what I can talk about is, you know, what Mark Coyle's been through. Uh, you know, and, and and I've had to do three football coaching searches, which is unusual. I've only been an AD for six years. You know, I had to do a search at Boise State when Coach Peterson went to Washington, and then at Syracuse we made a change and we had to go out and we hired Dino Babers, uh, who was at Bowling Green at the time, and then we did the search here at Minnesota. And, and the one thing that that we try to do is you try to find the best fit for your institution and what you're trying to do long term um, and, and I talk a lot Doogie with my staff about we have to have alignment you know we need to have alignment with our president's office we need to have alignment with our border regions we need to have alignment with our fan base and and I think we're in the process of trying to create that alignment so when you do a coaching search um, you know I'm so thankful for the support we get from our board I'm thankful for the support we get from our president and his office and and as we create this alignment that will help our long-term stability as we try to get the more wins that everybody wants at the end of the day any sense that if that, that alignment wasn't in place prior? Well, I can't. I mean, I heard Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M cite some issues with the Florida State administration. I mean, just from what you can gather, and you were here a number of years ago, was there a sense that there was a divide with the administration? No, I, I've never got that sense. You know, again, when I was here from 2001 to 2005, I, I was the director of marketing, and, and I didn't have much interaction with the board or the president's office at that time. But I can tell you what attracted me to Minnesota was I knew that they have a commitment to doing things the right way in all sports at a high, high level. And when you say all sports, again, we have a great, great tradition of having a very broad-based program. I mean, you, you can talk about our Olympic sports and how successful they are in the history. You know it as well as I know it, right? Mm-hmm. Well. We also have to have football, men's basketball, men's hockey. Some of those sports compete at a high level, and, and that excited me about the opportunity. So I knew when I came to Minnesota there was a commitment to continue to build this program, and that's what we're trying to do. I'll leave you after two quickies on, on men's basketball, men's hockey. Yeah. I take the six-year-old to the, to the Michigan State hockey game. Mark, I couldn't believe how many empty seats there were. Michigan State, name opponent. Now, there were some weather issues that night. It was a Friday night. Yeah. It snowed a little bit. But, Mark, I was blown away. What, what is going on there? Why? Why is Mariucci Arena empty for all these big games? It used to be the toughest ticket in town. You know it as well as anybody. Now you can grab those tickets, no problem. Yep, you know, Doogie, we have the same concerns you have. We see the same thing you see, and, and, and I've been very open about it. You know, we, it's on us to earn people back. You know, the days of us just sitting to w- open up the doors and have people come into our venues, that's gone, you know, and that's on us. And, and I can tell you, you know, I've had conversations with Coach Lucia about it, we're putting together, you know, internally we're having conversations about what do we need to do. We need to take a fresh look at hockey and how we get people there. You know, I can tell you that we've sold over 7,000 season tickets. Mm-hmm. You know, we've sold, you know, our student season tickets have been sold. You know, so the problem is people aren't coming to the game. Right. Yeah. And so that's on us. We've got to figure out how to get them back to the game. And, and we need to go out and we need to get answers from people. We need to find out. What's the issue? You know, is it parking? Is it the opponent? You know, I got great advice. As you know, I live over in St. Paul mm-hmm. in a strong, strong hockey community. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I was at a restaurant uh, a few weeks ago, and, and I talked to uh, I, two gentlemen were talking, and the gentleman told me, he goes, I asked him about, you know, everyone says, well, it's Big Ten hockey. It's not the WCHA. And as you know, the Big Ten Conference now has five former WCHA members in it. Mm-hmm. I believe last year in the NCAA tournament of the eight teams, Five of them, well, four of them were Big Ten teams, and you had Notre Dame, which is now in the Big mm-hmm. Ten. You had five Big yeah, Ten Notre teams, Dame's a good right? Get too, yeah, yeah, you know, so you have quality hockey. But what this gentleman said to me is like, you don't understand. We had 30 years of WCHA rivalries on Friday and Saturday. He's right. And yeah. Like that, it's gone. I know. You know, and so we've got to create, and we need to educate our fan base, and we again, we need to give them a reason to come back. You know, I, uh, PJ has a, has a great line. 
um, uh, you know, the great thing is I get to be surrounded by great coaches. And PJ one time made a comment. He said, if his NFL career, he said it was a cup of coffee. And, you know, and he had soldier injuries. And he said, I gave him a reason to cut me. And, and I never forgot that line. And I use that in a lot of what we talk about. And what I mean by that is like, um, you know, the WCHA going away, the Big Ten, we've given our fans a reason not to pay attention. Mm-hmm. And we've got to figure out how to get them back into Mary Arena, you know, three Marina, get them to pay attention to what we're trying to do from that standpoint. I'll leave you with this. My colleague Joe Schmidt sat down with Richard Pitino a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So he asked him about Rick, and he framed it this way. He said, are you comfortable having Rick around as often as he wants to be around? And Richard said, yeah, for the most part. I'm paraphrasing, but for the most part. And he knows that Rick's not going to be here every day. Yeah. But Rick is welcomed whenever he wants to show up. Are you on the same page with that one? Are you comfortable with Rick Pitino being around Most Richard Pitino, yeah. the men's basketball program, as often as he wants to be? Most definitely. I mean, Doogie, I go back to, first and foremost, that's his father, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, again, we all have dads. And, and you know, uh, Richard and I have a very, very good relationship. And, uh, you know, if, if, if his father wants to be at our basketball games, I welcome him at our basketball games. You know, again, that's his father. They have a great relationship. That's a support system for him. And, and again, I'm just so thankful for Richard, how he's handled everything. You know, when this all broke and this news became public with the FBI and those type of things, you know, every athletic director in America sat down with their head basketball coach. We were no different at the University of Minnesota. Now, obviously, he's got the same last name uh, from that standpoint. But first and foremost, Richard has been absolutely phenomenal throughout the entire process, throughout my 18 months here. And, of course, his father's welcome here anytime. All right, one quick follow-up, and then I'll let you go. Was it your introductory news conference when Dr. Kaler called out Richard? I'm trying to remember the series of events, top of my head. But I'm just trying to think from that moment to now, to think about the turnaround for men's basketball. It's phenomenal. Well, you know, I've talked, uh, Doogie, about, you know, I never met Richard Bettino until I was named the athletic director, and I met him the day after my press conference. And and when I sat down with, with Richard, you know, it's very easy to point fingers at everybody else. But when you point a finger, you have three pointing back at you. Richard didn't point a finger at anybody. And he sat down and he detailed for me what they were going to do that summer, how they took ownership for everything that happened the year before I got here, and it was on them to fix them. And, and you know, if you look at what they had last year, the largest turnaround in Division I basketball, the 5C in the NCAA tournament, if anybody could run out and stand on the tallest building in the Twin Cities and say, look at me, look what we did, mm-hmm. it could be Coach Patino, right? Absolutely. What has he done? He's handled everything with mm-hmm. class. I use the phrase low ego, high output, humility. He and his team have been examples of that from day one since I've been here. And as you said, you know, a lot of credit goes to him, the students on that team, because they took ownership, they've improved the process, and they've been awesome ever since then. Gophers Athletic Director Mark Coyle. He's right. I mean, we've gone through a number of ADs the last number of years. He said it. What is he, the fourth athletic director in the last, what, five years? So, yeah, let's give him a chance. I know this much. He is a good man. He is a good family man. Let's see if he can turn football into a winner. I've said I am a firm believer in P.J. Fleck. The basketball program is rolling. You look at the 2018 recruiting class. This season has a chance to be pretty special. Let's remember that the Gophers men's basketball team has one NCAA tournament win in the last 20 years. I think they can double that total. If they make a Sweet 16 run this year, it's an incredible season based on where the standards are. Then on men's hockey, yes, attendance is an issue. Big 10 hockey as a whole is an issue. 
The Gophers won't win the Big Ten again this year, so that run of winning all those conference championships is likely to come to an end because Notre Dame is that good. You know, so it remains to be seen what they do with, with men's hockey, but I'm saying give Mark Coyle a chance. Let's give him a chance before you jump to conclusions. I did an impromptu speech at Tanucci's last week, and I had a number of people ask me about the Gophers, about Mark Coyle, and I'll say now what I told them. Just give him a chance. It's what I just said. Let it breathe. I mean, we're just, we're this reactionary society. We want everything. Snap of the fingers as well. I say, let's let his situation bear out a little bit. Let it play out. Let it, you know, simmer for a little bit. And we can draw some conclusions on Coyle and his tenure in, what, three years, four years? Let's give it a good four to five year chunk. He's not leaving. He's not going anywhere. He loves it here. His family loves it here. He will be the Gophers athletic director for a while you know, barring something completely unforeseen. So let's give it a few years before we evaluate the job that Mark Coyle has done. By the way, I think we'll have Mark on again. I don't want to say pretty regularly, but I think we'll do it a little bit more regularly than we have in the past. That was the first time I've gotten some FaceTime with Coyle in 11 months. That does it for Scoop Podcast episode 115. I'll be back later in the week, episode 116. So much going on with the Twins, the Gophers, the Wolves, the Vikings, the Wild. So I will do a notes-only podcast later in the week. Always appreciate you listening. This does it for Scoop Podcast episode 115.